thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the First Day Podcast. My name is Michael Govier, and my co-host is Leanne Hello. We make up the First Day Pod. Today's guest is Matthew Govier, licensed professional counselor and certified addiction specialist. Matthew is a regular contributor to the show. And on this episode, we have an open discussion about COVID-19 and social media. What do they have in common? There is a lot of misinformation connected to each one of these topics. So join myself, Leanne, and Matthew for the latest edition of the First Day Pod. Hey, welcome into the First Day Podcast. We are now live today. That's our Sunday evening episode. We've been doing Sundays for the last couple of weeks. We've switched it up. We hope you don't mind. We hope you rather enjoy it, actually. Today's guest will be Matthew Govier, who is a, he's a regular on the show. He's been on the show many times before. We'll get to him in just a moment, but first, my co-host Leanne, hello, how are you? Hey, I'm good, how are you? Not bad, it's a beautiful day in Michigan today, so we had a nice day, we had some sunshine, made us feel good, I got outside, did you get outside, Leanne? No, and I love how you say we, it always makes me feel like we're together. <laughs> yeah, we're not, that's true. Anyways, this is First Day Podcast, First Day Podcast, approach.mail.com is how you can contact us if you'd like to, and we're on all social medias, Twitter, Facebook. We have a Facebook page. You can interact with us, ask us questions. We also have a group page if you'd like to go further on topics you hear on the show. Matthew Govier is a certified professional, licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, and he has his own, what do you call it? You call it a practice? What do you call it? A firm? Yeah, we practice. Yeah, it's a practice. Behavioralhealthlabs.com is where you can find him. If you want more information, the 15-minute free consultations are available. All of it is very clear on the website, behavioralhealthlabs.com. Welcome back, Matthew Govier, to another edition of the First Day Podcast. And how do you find yourself today? Doing very good. Excellent. Doing good, yes. That's wonderful. Yeah, how are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. I've had a nice day today. It was a beautiful weather. I went outside and I uh, walked around a bit and I played some drums. That was fun. Uh, It's been a positive day. So how long of a walk did did you just walk around or did you go for a walk? No, I walked around. Okay. Yeah, yesterday I went for a really long walk, Matt. It was, I think I did almost, at least over 11 miles. It was pretty tough. So 11 miles. Are you doing it on the marathon? Yeah, well, we talked about doing two this year. It's on our list of, you know, things to do this year. So we're trying to shoot for May, but I, I didn't mean to walk the amount of miles I walked yesterday. I, my car's in the shop, as they say right now, getting some cosmetic uh, stuff fixed on it because somebody messed with it at a parking lot. I'm not sure why, but somebody did something to it, so I had to get it fixed. So I haven't had a car, so I had to get a COVID test because I have a colonoscopy on Tuesday, you know, that got rescheduled, of course. And so you still have to get the COVID test three days prior to make sure you're clear. And I had no way to get there but take a lift, which I did. I found a lift there after I walked a bit. But on the way back, as I started walking, I couldn't find a lift anywhere. Ride chairs. I haven't taken a ride chair since COVID started. And they're hard to find. I don't know if there's a lot of drivers out there or not, but it didn't seem like there was yesterday. So I ended up walking all the way home. And that was a long walk from like up 275 near 8 Mile. So there you go. Wow. Yeah. After the procedure? Well, no, it's just a COVID test. They, sh- you know, shoved oh, the thing on my house. I got you. Okay. Yeah. The colonoscopy is on Tuesday. So and that was a whole other thing. Uh, oh, God. Anyways, that's not about me. We're here with Matthew because we want to talk about 
you know, we're having an open chat today, a nice, easy Sunday evening chat about mental health, state of things. I had a few questions I wanted to ask. And Leanne, what's on your mind tonight? Um, oh gosh, I don't know. I'm always, I'm always excited to talk to you, Matt, because I know that like whatever we get into, you're going to be a wealth of knowledge, not to put you on the spot, but, um, you are. And so I'm really open. If you have questions, Mike, then yeah, you can go for it. Um, I, can we talk just like kind of really quickly about the vaccine and there's so much going around right now about COVID and where it is. And do you have anything latest and greatest to, to tell us about COVID or the vaccine or anything? Um, what do you want to know? When I can see Mike again. <laughs> What's stopping you? I know. Okay. So we've already gone through this. That was the wrong question to ask. <laughs> yeah, I don't, why do you bring that up? So, I don't Steve, know why I bring it up. She's trying to deflect. So. I'm not deflecting. A little bit of deflection. Okay. So I'm you want deflecting. to do what? Travel so. To see Mike? Yeah. Or have him come here. But Talking about that. She's got, she's hearing things about the vaccine that are a false. Lot of so she's, she doesn't know what to believe. Right. And so I'm This is not an uncommon thing. So. Yeah. And it seems like every time I have a conversation with somebody, it's like, it's, everything is unfounded. Everything is just like what people are hearing and, and it's like a telephone game. So I just thought since, go ahead. ahead. Yeah. So I was just, um, I was just wondering, like you look at all the data and everything. So, um, there's three or four of the big guys out there. And I know that we've talked about it before that they were all like safe and the efficacy was there and everything. But now that it's, you know, we're a month or however long since our last chat about it, have you seen anything that would like should be causing alarm to get the vaccine or not? Um, well, no. Okay. Not at all. What are you hearing? I'm hearing all kinds of stuff. And I'm hearing like, it's the same thing that was like, I don't know. It's a personal choice, but you know. Right. I understand that. But they're, you know, saying so there's like the DNA, your DNA is being changed. And can you explain that? No, I no, I have no this is the thing. And like I've had this discussion with Mike and I should be looking into stuff, but I'm not. So I'm not making an Wait, educated decision. No, let, 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 sorry to interrupt you for a moment, but no, please do. So why should you be looking into it? Why? Uh, to make an educated decision whether or not I should get it if the time comes that are I need it to cross the border. Was that? Are you a physician? Are you a public health official? No. Okay. So why aren't these questions being answered for you? Why would you have to question yourself about getting a vaccine for a um, pandemic, a virus that's causing a pandemic? Um, why would that question even come up? Why wouldn't there be public health information that answers that for you? It, there shouldn't be some deep dive research into it. It should just be known, right? I mean, there's public health information. It's put out there and then we go with it, right? So is the public health information not being disseminated or is it that there's too much confusion? There's, I think, so what I'm hearing um, is the whole, can you trust the public health people. And it's like, for me, I always just have. And so I don't, but now I'm starting 
to kind of question it. Windsor's going through this whole thing where we had all these numbers of, you know, if your numbers are here, then you're at this zone. That's different, obviously, than the vaccine. But we had these yeah. things that if you were at certain numbers for the, um, hey, Josh, um, for the for the pandemic and for COVID, then you would be put into different zones. So then you would know where you were being closed and where you're going to be open and blah, 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 blah. And our numbers say that we should be opened much more than we are and we're not. And so now there's a big uproar about who can you trust and, um, you know, is it really all about our safety? So there's all this like discussion. Um, and I'm sure you've heard it all. I'm sure you've heard everything that's going on out there. And so I, I've always been this way, I and I know that's that I should. Laughing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot going on. I know it's confusing. It is, and for me, I just, I, I want to deal with it when I have to deal with it. So if I, if it ends up that I have to take the vaccine, then I will take the vaccine. For right now, I just, I typically don't take anything, so it's a big you know, thing for me to, to take anything. Um, so, okay. So you laughed, but what's, no, 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 what's your I'm thought not, on, on with you. that's your, I mean, everyone is there. Uh, we don't live in a uh, totalitarian dictatorship or in a uh, communist environment. So we do not have to, um, take vaccines we have choice we do have the liberties mm. is what we have so that's cool um unless we sign over those liberties so that can happen as long as you haven't done that then you can choose so you will discern appropriately based off of the knowledge and information that you have and that's just yeah. what it comes down to for every person the thing is that there seems to be a lot of confusion where discernment today becomes the like the highest good for people almost the greatest trait to have is how do you even discern this from that how do you discern what this person is saying from what that person is saying if both people are telling the same story but coming to different conclusions how do you know who's telling the truth right so that's the question right right yeah that's the ultimate question. <laughs> so I believe that this goes beyond, uh, first of all, it's an education level. <clears throat> it's a level of education that one has. One mm -hmm. has a higher level of education, then they understand um, research, they understand the rigor that goes into research, and they understand how the academic system um, brings, well, how research is brought forth and then published. Okay, yeah. that's an entire process through you know, your research uh, review boards based off the academic institution or research institution that one is connected to. So that's the data that's put out there. Um, now, that's just data because people are actually studying and, you know, doing work and running some type of experiment or um, metadata analysis study. That's usually what it is. Mm -hmm. Now, <clears throat> the translation of that information into the public domain is not something that usually happens once in a while you'll hear it before say prior to covid you hear a story on the news um this is good for you to eat this being i don't know fill in the blank mm -hmm. um what's good for you now so like the, the keto diet they say so scientists oh. say that 
keto diet improves blah 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 you know that's what you'd hear on the news mm-hmm. um and or you'd hear studies by scientists recently published say blah 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 right. you know <laughs> what are they saying this is just some stuff that they pick up because they have a portion of this would be like your local news but they have a department within the local news that is supposed to do some research to bring forth some news in order to get viewers so that people will watch their show so that the advertisers you know get their money's worth and yada yada that's the cycle and that's the revenue stream of it that's all it comes down to it's entertainment all other forms of news are also entertainment Right. That's all it comes right. down to. So we think we're getting news. We're not. We're just getting entertainment. And now our entertainment seems to be to confuse the shit out of each other. <laughs> uh, we used to go and watch like scary movies and solicit like fear, like because we'd want a fear response. Mm-hmm. Now we just like confusion, apparently, because yeah. that's what we all participate in. So how do you discern this from that? Well, I would say one's this gets to like one's level of consciousness also. Um, and then you get into the spiritual realm and then people will like poo poo that whole thing. But then it doesn't matter because we'll do the same thing with any scientific research data that's put out. So, you know, it's just like, it's at this point, um, we're in a huge transition phase. <clears throat> so what I know is that inherently every human being has the capacity to discern truth from falsehood. That's just what it comes down to. How do we know that? Because we know that the animalistic energy that each of us has knows what is life promoting and what is inimicable or life taking. Okay. Okay. So what does that mean? It basically means that emotions are energy. So Mm -hmm. how do we know what to eat? How do we know what to eat? If we, okay, let's say, you're in the wilderness, you don't have a book, there's no like label to read, how do you know what to eat? Okay, how do you discern (laughs) that? Mm -hmm. Well, it's programmed into our DNA. Instinctually, we know. How do you know who to mate with? How do you know who to mate with and procreate and continue the, um, um, well, the continuation of the species, right? Mm -hmm. Well, again, that is innate within us. We know it through instinct. Right. Okay, so we also know what's true and what is false. Instinctually, we know this. Mm -hmm. We've gotten so far away from who we are that we don't even know what to eat unless we read the label. (laughs) This is the same thing. We don't even know who to trust because we need somebody to validate it for us. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the what I'm saying is the answers are within you. I can't give you an answer. I could tell you a bunch of data, mm-hmm. but that's not going to do anything because it's just more information and information right. doesn't really work. People don't, people don't remember information. They remember stories. Mm-hmm. So whatever story one resonates with is the story that we take away. Whatever story that is for COVID. You know, whatever's, I don't know. Look to people you trust. I mean, do you trust me? I had the vaccine. Yeah. For how long? That was what, December 23rd is when I had the first shot. Last shot was um, um, January 11th. Wow. Yeah. Second shot. 
There's a lot of cop-outs, though. People say, oh, we don't know what's going to happen in 10 years, and people spread this information. It sucks that people get caught up in this stuff. It's very frustrating. I can only imagine. I mean, yeah. I, I live with, I know people like this, so I feel bad when this chaos just brews in the mind of confusion and lack of clarity. Everything you just described is very accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just like to not really think about it, but then I'm also learning I need to not just push things away. So... Yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. All of the, the, you have to trust yourself. I was just going to say, it's always, whenever I trust myself on anything, it always ends up just being the right thing to do. So then why would you ever question yourself? Um, That's really true. Well, I think that's what it is. Is sometimes like you just get sucked into the, the story or the, whatever it is that's happening around you. And sometimes I'm just not, strong enough to just say, okay, no, I'm good. I, you know, believe what I believe. I still listen to it and it's still like, you know, and, and the more that this kind of stuff happens, like there's just, there's just so, there's just so much out there. So anyway, um, I do know you're right. This is the narrative. Narrative is the word that I'm looking for. So Leanne, the, um, if you guys remember, well, last summer. Okay. So last summer when, what started happening? Um, the social justice movement um, took off again. Mm-hmm. It started in 2014 in Ferguson, um, outside of St. Louis, mm-hmm. Missouri. But you know, the whole social justice movement for Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. um, took off after George Floyd. You know, that was the final straw right. that broke the camel's back, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, Breonna Taylor, and you know, this is what happened. People took to the streets. We also had COVID-19 going on, so we were very confused. But what we weren't confused on was the narrative. Why? Because everybody was at home watching mm. the same thing. Okay? That mm. was so rare. We haven't had that occur in a long time. Right. But what you said is not accurate, though. Narrative. What's Unfortunately. that? It, it wasn't universally, like, believed and focused on again there's fractions to everything all the time like, in what way in the whole with, social I mean, justice I mean, movement you were just describing that we all you said that we all believed it because we saw it with our own eyes but people didn't even well, if not, they saw it with their own not eyes. believe in it but we were tuned into the same narrative that's what i'm getting at you're tuned into the same structure but there's multiple narratives going on is what that's what i'm saying is and that's this the is the chaos part. of what you just described the last five, seven minutes here. Everything you just described goes into every one of these moments. Even if mm-hmm. they think we have clarity, there's still people who will hear other tales told about what they saw with their own eyes, and then they'll buy into it. And I literally know people like this. So, mm. yep. yeah. Yeah, I thought there was more. Um, that was the example that I could find that maybe we have to go back further then. So not there. Then take, I guess we go back to the 1990s when there's some cable TV, but not all cable TV. But people are tuning in to the same message for the most part. That's a better example. Correct. So we'll yes. We'll prior ahead. to the internet, prior to, yeah, podcasts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So the problem today is that everybody has a platform and that it just because there's letters after somebody's name there's actually no honor in that or sorry there's not any respect to it so if somebody has like md phd public health official 
yeah. and they go on, they, they'll say something, okay, and they'll tell you about vaccination numbers, and they're going to talk to you about <clears throat> also what you should do. That is a public health message. When they're speaking, they're the authority, and they're the authority by earned virtue of authority, not authority by authoritarianism. Authoritarianism is anybody who wants a platform can get a platform and then speak their mind against it. So you can say, um, let's say Einstein presents his equations and says, okay, so E equals MC squared. Yeah, here it is. And somebody comes out and says, well, I don't believe that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then that's that. So don't believe that. There we go. Okay. So then you go down that whole road. And that's akin to what's happening today. So everyone Ugh. has the same weight that they carry because we don't trust the public health system. Right. Yeah. I don't know what they did. Yeah. Right. So these are the type of questions that people ask. They want. I mean, we're not medical experts, so we can't. We cannot tell you word for word things about the vaccine or medical opinions are not part of the show. So no, I know, and I'm I'm the one that brought it up. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I can play the efficacy of each vaccine though, because this is just published data. So yeah, I mean anything about like Johnson and Johnson, AstraZeneca. Um, I can tell you what the what Lancet says. So like the latest data published there, um, as far as like Moderna. Or the Moderna is actually now testing on children, which is great because we should have got ahead of this way beforehand. So mm -hmm. now they're doing that. Um, what's going to happen? I can tell you a couple things. And this isn't because I know the future or anything. This is just simply like metadata that's patterned and we can see exactly what's going to happen. When did huh. this whole thing take off in Michigan last year? What, COVID? Yeah. When did it get really bad? Well, March is when people started. Oh, like really bad after March? Yeah. Yeah, what, May around this time, wasn't it? April. Yeah, and so end of March. The shutdown happened in March initially, yep. like. Yep. And why did it so happen? Because they could predict it because they did epidemiological modeling. Yeah. Okay? And they saw what would happen. They said, "Whoa, whoa, we need to do some type of like mitigation suppression right. techniques because these are the only techniques we really have to draw from like the past pandemics that we've been through, such as the 1918 Spanish flu, yada yada yada, all this stuff." So they put in these measures, and these measures were actually um, published by, well, China published a whole report on it back in January of 2020 on how to ameliorate the virus and reduce it and get rid of it. Um, and then University College or University Imperial College in London, or Imperial College of London, sorry, they also published uh, a study May 10th of 20. Sorry, not May 10th, March 10th of 2020, which showed exactly what was going to happen, modeled it out. You can go and look at that study and you can see the graphs, it overlays of exactly nice. what happened. So what's going to happen now? So last year at this time, uh, it peaked in Michigan, I believe the 15th of April. So the cases just kept going up. Yeah. And you can call this the first wave again, the beginning of the first wave. Or you can call it the second wave if you want to go by like calendar year now, since we're like going into it. Mm -hmm. So um, cases are creeping up. Um, we're going to start peaking on the third of, it's going to start moving, sorry, not peaking. It's going to start sharply moving up. Cases are going to rise in Michigan on April 3rd. And then that's going to continue to rise right now. The prediction is until May 10th. And then we'll see the come down. 
Okay, and then that will be wave number one or two, however you want to say it. I would say it's wave number one of phase two. Okay, well, then, okay. this is already happening in Europe. How did we figure this out last time? Well, we were right behind Europe. France is shut down, Italy shut down, <clears throat> Germany is um, looking to shut down. Same thing's happening again. Vaccine, no vaccine, you got to make the choice on your own. Yeah. So this is still going on. And how do you really know that this is even happening? Look at hospitalization rates, okay? That's how you know. These people are not lying. These hospitals are over, like, they're over capacity, okay? People are dying. Doctors, um, nurses, healthcare workers, they have extraordinarily high rates of COVID-19. Extraordinary. I mean, they, like, the death rates are incredible. It was like, I forget this was published. I don't even want to say no works. It's wrong, but a lot of healthcare workers have died from this. Mm. Um, and many more have been sick. Many more have just left the profession because it's so overwhelming. So mm. unless you know somebody in the healthcare field and you're actually looking at what's going on in these hospitals, like mm -hmm. who cares what opinions are, just go up, go look for yourself, go to a hospital, stand outside and look at it. Mm -hmm. See if you can go in there. They'll say, what, go just see what happens. Right. That's real. That's experiential evidence. So if you need something that is like experiential for you so that you experience it and yeah. then have some feedback, that would be one thing. Another thing is Brazil. Almost all of South America is just the hospital and healthcare systems have collapsed. I don't know if anyone's watching this. The, var the P1 variant there has spread like wildfire. You can look up the cases there. It is insane. So this thing's just moving north, okay? And you can look at the data, and it's all just happening. So now it's moving through Central America. <clears throat> That's the fear. So once that comes here, we have the combination of the B117 variant and also the B50. 1351, sorry, and then this P1 variant. So these mm -hmm. are UK, Brazil, and um, South Africa, respectively. And these things are more contagious. I didn't know. I was, I, did, I really didn't know much about it. So I started looking into it and looking at the data. And I was like, oh, crap. Mm -hmm. um, so I was with everybody else as I just kind of thought this was over because vaccine dissemination was going on and all this, but um, it's just, it's the paper that was published in cell biology in uh, January of this year, 2021. It showed that five years for the pandemic to actually work itself out. If uh, enough people are vaccinated, there is no really herd immunity. There's a threshold for it. Um, yeah. But this has already been declared officially an endemic, meaning it's just with us now. Oh, yay. Okay, well, we're talking with Matthew Govia here, licensed professional counselor here on the First Day Podcast, firstdaypodprotonmail.com, First Day Pod on all standard social media platforms. If you'd like to reach out, ask us questions about mental health or anything else that comes to mind. We talk addiction. We talk a lot of things on the show. Right now we're talking covid and I think actually more beyond COVID, we're talking about the confusion. Mm -hmm. I've seen this. I had an example of a weekend here where there was uncertainty on what someone said. 
and then people try to talk it out on social media, which is a total disaster zone. No, don't. I know. It's, it's nowhere. I know that. I I do know that. I'm not better than anybody. I just know that from experience. So I don't engage in debates or arguments or whatever you want to call them on social media. But, but they happen not? every day. I want to know. Is why it a? That's a deeper question. Is why? Why, why don't I? Yeah. Why could we do it on this platform, but we couldn't do it on social media? Why does it get so difficult on social? Because media? all the body language and tone and all these mannerisms are lost, and you're just seeing words, and you're ten. Then you're in. And this is what people generally do. They interpret their own self onto them and like their fears or their their pain or their unknown unknown variables. That a lot of unknown variables that go into this. And this is what happens. And then people react with a strong, emotive, passionate response, which they might not do if they were if we were like this, if we were all sitting in a room talking to each other face to face. It's a it's an old, old dated cliche right like you would there's things you would type on a keyboard but that you would never say out loud to someone's face there's a huge difference because that barrier of like oh that person's right in my face and there could be an actual physical response right in front of me is gone so i'm going to try to keep this more down to earth as you're saying because as i listen to myself you know go on these monologues and i know that um it resonates with some people but it's trying to make it more applicable um, palatable many times palatable yes yeah so, I, I know what you mean I all right now we the conversation has to be had and this is what's fascinating is congress tried to do this and they just didn't they couldn't so what did they want to do they wanted to break up facebook and use antitrust laws yeah why why did they want to do that why did they want to do that with twitter why did they want to do this? Because these platforms, who runs these platforms? Who says what goes on the platform and what comes out of the platform? It kind of flows with the winds. No. No, it's, it's the people very that are structured. Mm -hmm. Very well, structured. It depends what you're talking about here. Let's be more specific. You're talking about like the literal people that run the businesses or you're yeah. talking about all the comments that people make on a daily basis where topics start up you only see the comments that are allowed to go through the filtration system to push an agenda or a conversation just like with your local news or the news that um like cable news as we were talking about before it's entertainment and it's there to make money of course, yeah. The money is made off your data. That's your data. You just—it's a never-ending supply. They will not run out. No, no, they don't care anymore. They have all our data. That's fine. But no, but I'm saying your data will continue to evolve because you'll keep doing things. It's never going to go out. It's not like a bank account where the money could run dry. The data is an eternal gift. That's my is, point. But what is the data actually then? Our routines, uh, how we think, how we—you know—things we search, type up, thoughts of ours about. Hey, what do I think about myself or what do I think about others? Uh, shopping, all of these little things. So what does this have to do with the arguments on social media, though? I don't know, actually. Well, they're going to they're going to feed they're going to feed the information that you want to hear. So you stay on. Right. So if I want to like, I don't see anything political on my Facebook ever really like very rarely 
but it's, I never post, like I never look for it. I never search for it. So they know that that's not going to keep my interest. So I'll pop off of Facebook if there's nothing interesting there for me, but they'll keep all the stuff that's of interest to me. So that's what the yeah, whole thing absolutely. is. Absolutely. Um, as far as advertising goes, because people, people are actually purchasing that advertising space based off of purchasing it mm-hmm. to specific demographics, mm-hmm. very specific demographics like you. Like, right. I want somebody who's this age with this color eyes, who's male, female, this color hair, who has this type of education. And I want to target my advertising towards every single person that I can. Yes. That. And you can do that. So right. that's the advertising side. That's one side. The other side of it is <clears throat> in order to keep people on the platform, why would you continue to go on the platform if people don't, if it creates a lot of chaos and confusion, why would people continue to go on the platform? Because they feel like it feeds their it feeds their ego too. They get to say whatever they want whenever they want, or at least they think they can. Okay, and that's part of it. But why is that allowed? Why is it allowed? Yeah, because if it's causing so much um, confusion and pain and hurt. Oh, because well, we have wrong? freedom of speech apparently in the United States, so they try to let that flourish. Not the United States, though, because this is this is worldwide. Facebook's at what, like three point two billion? True. See what you can post on Facebook that would get you kicked off. What do you think would get you kicked off? How do you get know. kicked off? There's been murders posted on there in live stream, so I don't know. What about I think opinions? political things. What probably opinions pl- would get you? So it's not freedom of speech then. It's censored. Well, but that's what the United, yeah, that's what it is in our country anyways. We have freedom of speech but with limitations. You cannot hurt other people, you know. You things you say right. you I'm can say in your own home. That. I'm not talking about that. There is a big, a big, like, that's what I'm hearing, too, is that, like, especially through the elections and everything, that was a big thing that if you, um, the the Republican side was saying that Twitter and, uh, like, Twitter, for example, that was the big thing. Trump said anything, then everything that Trump said, there was an asterisk at the bottom of it that this hasn't been fact-checked and whatever. And then what they were saying is that anything Biden, Kamala, anybody said anything, there wasn't that asterisk. So they were they were skewing it toward their agenda kind of thing. So that was 100%. that was the big thing. Yep. So all any like to take an unbiased view is so difficult. So if we really take our own biases out of that and become like completely value neutral on this, then we look at this and say, okay, that's what happened. So whether you like this side or that side, and it's always us against them. It always has been since the beginning of time. It's the oldest game in the or trick in the book. That's mm-hmm. how sure. it always works. So right. they are utilizing this us versus them. Um, and then they'll, they'll just choose a side based off of who, well, who runs the company and where they feel they're going to still continue to have the most amount of users use their platform. Right. Okay. So why do people argue on Facebook? Why do we get in these arguments? Well, number one, it solicits that type of behavior and encourages it and Mm -hmm. it releases dopamine. And when we get that dopamine hit, we also get a hit just like people go to the movies because they like just watch scary movies to be afraid. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to be afraid? Well, you actually get something out of it. 
you get a dopamine hit and a norepinephrine hit off of it. Adrenaline. Okay? And that's why you go to the scary movie and you watch it, even though yeah. it's scary. Right. So even though you might not like the platform or it doesn't bring anything good, you will go back to it because you are literally programmed to. Everybody, anybody who's ever seen The Social Dilemma, which is an excellent documentary about this, should know that. Hopefully you've shared it with your kids and children because they're the ones that are probably impacted even more because they're going to grow up in this world. And that's that really scares me. And it, it does scare me because of the impact you just described, that red notification. I think all of them are colored a certain way, like the notification on Twitter or a notification on uh, Facebook. You have uh, 20 notifications. And you're like, oh, that yeah, dopamine yeah. is released. You're like, woohoo, there it is. It goes, yeah. your brain activates from that stuff. And they know that. Yeah. So that's, Matt, you just hit on the overall point. My po I try to... <laughs> I'm not better than anybody. I just, I've just learned that like, there's nothing to be gained by engaging on these platforms in debate, because that's what they want me to do too. And, I, and I, so I, you said it much better than I did. You really eloquently described it, and I just can't seem to. Even well, that in itself is well, a division point. It's just another dividing line, like, oh, people who understand it and people who don't. So these dividing right. lines, they never, ever end. And that just... No, it, it is. It's participation. That's your choice. So just like if you want to talk about this in like terms of like addiction and things like that, because it's literally called intuitive programming and it is an addiction. So they took this programming um, from um, the casinos because casinos were using the same programming back in the... Well, it started the 70s, 80s, and 90s and really evolved. So right. they were using intuitive programming in order to get people to gamble um, to the highest degree possible, um, but keeping them there so they wouldn't lose enough money right away, but they'll continue to lose over time. So right. that intuitive programming is brought over, and it's the exact same programming models that are used within almost every software <clears throat> um, platform that you see today. Why? Because they want you to keep coming back to the platform. Why? Because advertisers pay them money. And that's that. So then you have to, every person has to look at themselves and say, okay, do I want to participate? Well, but if I don't, then how do I connect with people? Oh, okay. So then you get- Right. To it, you get a FOMO. You feel like you're left behind. You're missing out on something if you're not a part of social media. Which is part of withdrawal. Right. Oh, good point. It's standard withdrawal from mm -hmm. any yeah. drug or behavior. Right, you're not like crippled in a bed, you know, sweating your ass off. It's not as blatant, I guess, for some people. So they don't. It, this is what happens with like other people who don't even know they've had withdrawal symptoms from actual substances like opioids because they've been, they just assumed it was minor because it, it doesn't have to be as major as you see in the movies and told in other stories. But anyways, that that's off yeah. the point. So. Yeah, no, it's withdrawal. So um, do a um, look if you want to ameliorate COVID. Um, one thing you can do is get a vaccine so you don't carry a very high viral load and then you don't spread it around as much. So that's data driven. That's been. Yeah, shown. but there's multiple variants. But you don't, it doesn't cover everything. Uh, no, but it, it still reduces the viral load and it reduces um, it reduces uh, severe illness in every case. Right. Right. Uh, okay. So and then, um, was it Josh that just asked about Johnson and Johnson, the Johnson and Johnson one that, and I'll say this came from nowhere except for me that I got paranoid. As soon as I heard it was Johnson and Johnson, I was like, Oh man, went right to, of course, like the whole 
baking powder. What was it? Talcum powder oh, issue yeah. from years ago. And so that immediately went, it's the same company. So like, how can we trust them? What, what was this? Uh, they they knew that they had put, I don't know what the thing is, but whatever they put inside of it, they knew that it caused cancer, but they made their yeah. calculation that it will cost them less to take on all the lawsuits than it will cost them to um, what they would make in profit kind of thing. So there was a whole documentary. I can't remember what it was called, but um, on that, and unfortunately I watched it. <laughs> and right. so that's well, where my well, head was. It was a baby went. powder. Documentaries agenda. What's that? Well, this is a legitimate story. I mean, you can look it up if you want, but they okay. were sued for baby powder and talcum powder. And mm -hmm. okay. this is from, okay. like, there's well, a Reuters article about this. Oh, yeah. So I think that's important, too, though, is to, because a lot of people say this, I saw a documentary about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Anybody now, can make a documentary. What's the agenda of the person making the documentary to sell it's, their opinion to you? People think documentaries are news. Documentaries are so not news. Well, it's yeah. silly. Right. And I don't take documentaries as news. However, that was just the fact that they knew that there was that it was causing cancer. But then it's anything. There's so much out there that the FDA knows that it's going to I mean, sugar in general, sugar in general should just be a banned substance, really. And it's not. And people know that it's and then they do their marketing and everything to make you eat more, knowing that you're going to end up, you know, getting all the stuff. So well, I get it. The original. um so even before um, opioids and all that, before the opioid wars and um, all the opium that was uh, grown in, uh, well, it was like Hong Kong, China area, and then distributed by um, the uh, the UK, by or actually the British then. Um, before that, um, this is what started the whole movement into what we know as, well, America today. It wasn't tobacco. It was actually sugar cane, mm -hmm. sugar cane, because yeah. they took it back to Europe. People were like, wow. We've, so covered, we've covered this great. on the show before. We've, <laughs> we've had this conversation. It's the most about addictive that. substance out there. Right. That's what started the whole economy in the West. Well, my, my right. caveat, though, Matt, is it shouldn't be banned. It's just like all drugs should be legalized. You should be, you should be able to make choices right. for yourselves, but, right. you know, but not banning sugar. I wouldn't ban sugar. I'd just be like, it's out there. But it's also processed and pushed in a certain way, which probably should be regulated. You know, that's what I'm saying. Advertising yeah. and all that stuff. That's the yeah. key. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the United States and Australia are the only places that let uh, drug companies advertise. There you go. Mm -hmm. Look at that. That's perfect. That's a perfect example. So what we're doing here is we're talking about all these factors. And in the end, it's about our mental health and well-being. And how can we... How can we survive all this? How can we thrive as individuals if we can't come together as a group? Um, yeah. Wait, wait, that not Facebook, an easy answer. But wait, wait, no, the Facebook dilemma, is that the one that people watched? Is that what I Social the, dilemma. The social dilemma. Okay, watch the Facebook dilemma. Like, I don't know what this social dilemma thing is. It's on Netflix, though. I do know that. Tristan I have watched it, Harris. and I gave it my stamp of approval. Tristan Harris, I know who he is. He's a good guy. Yeah. Frontline ran a two-part documentary series in 2018, November 2018, following around Facebook for a four-year investigation. It's called The Facebook Dilemma. It's a two-part documentary. It's on Frontline. It's on PBS. People don't watch PBS. <laughs> That's all I watch, man. There's like no commercials, right? Because They uh, still do. It's publicly funded, and it wouldn't survive without donations from viewers like you, Matt.
I don't eat. Yeah. I think, I, exactly. I think it's uh, investigative journalism. So um, that's a great documentary. Uh, it really gets into the whole entire system and they, it's, it's the, it's the best documentary series that I've seen pulling the whole thing apart. So you can understand it um, from the point of view of the man who created it and then everything that was created around him. So hmm. just caveat there. Okay. We'll go back okay. to what you were saying about um, health, wellness, um, hope, thriving. Right. Right. Yeah, the individual versus the group. You know, we've always talked about this every time you come on. I feel like we have at least hinted that, you know, as a group, we are in chaos because of all these factors that we described, numerous ones, all today, last time we've talked. And then how do we as individuals survive all of this? We're surviving. Thriving okay, maybe that's is, not, I think what maybe, you're maybe for. survives a bad word. Yes, we're surviving. But if an individual and some individuals are more pain than others, so I guess it's just a matter of how is a human being supposed to overcome all these obstacles that we lay out, which we lay out on every episode. Every time we talk, there's many obstacles before us that yeah, prevent us. Book. I'm listening. You know what I mean, Leah? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm always torn between so our thoughts are things. And so the more that we're thinking about all of this and we're watching, like we can consume ourselves with all of the information and yeah. not making up our own. I think your whole thing, Matt, about discerning for yourself, that's the missing link that a lot of people are doing. So that's why it's becoming so confusing. That's why it's becoming so overwhelming because you're hearing from both sides and then you're not taking a second to think for yourself about how does this make any sense? And it's just like anything. It's like diets. It's like uh, relationships. It's like anything. If you get into it or jobs, you get the job, right? When you're right out of school, you get the job and then you stay in it. And then in five years, you don't ask yourself, is that the same job that is fulfilling you? You just keep doing the thing and just keep going. And you don't take that five second break of saying, okay, I've changed. Has my situation, like, is it still nurturing me the way it needs to nurture me? And so I think it's the same thing with this. It was a really good point that it's just like, take that 10 minutes to ask yourself what you believe. So yeah. I meditate every day. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And I need to get back to I that. have at least 20 minutes, at least 20 minutes that I'm taking to myself. Maybe that 20 minutes that simple time of 20 minutes is enough time and space for me to be able to pull out of all of this and Beautiful. see it from a different perspective. Mm. Um, and I would actually attribute it. I would say that is. So like Yuval Noah Harari, um, he meditates twice a day, I think for an hour each time. So two hours a day, or it's 40 minutes per session, one of the two. And he wrote the, he wrote Sapiens. He also wrote Homo Deus and he wrote 21 lessons for the 21st century. So people have been talking about this for a long time. How do you get into discernment? How do you understand what's what? Well, what you can do is you can, like you said, Leanne, you take that time for yourself. You disconnect. I mean, that's what disconnecting from the matrix is. Like you pull out and just chill and go like sit down and like the jews have shabbat it's great 
Yeah. yeah right. Unplug exactly. for 24 hours. Yes. So, but 100%, that's another wonderful example. So those who participate have some time and space and can move themselves out from all of the chaos. And yeah. you can question things. You can discern what's what. Um, we're in the... On a, so what this comes down to is like, what age are we in right now? So there was, well, there was the Dark Ages, there was the Renaissance, there was the Enlightenment. What age are we in now? Is it still we information? The, we had the industrial. Is it still information? Information. Okay. Or have so we got the information age. Now, what's happening then? Like what, what is it? How do we live in the information age? Well, hold on, let me back this up. What came out of the Enlightenment and the Renaissance? Uh, I didn't even open, know what was called more, the Enlightenment. More open-minded opportunity. Uh, the equality for humankind from some people anyways uh, reason right tolerance reason good yeah reason and tolerance yeah, yeah the those age of things. science the age of reason the disconnection from the dog in the west anywhere from the dogma of the church mm -hmm. to be able That's to true. have scientific inquiry and then reason through all of these problems what happened monarchies toppled over and over the united states of america was created right mm -hmm. so that document was based the document of um, the declaration of independence in itself was based off of the age of reason yes okay okay and we're headed into another age right like we're kind of on that cusp are we not of getting out of where we are now and and going into more of an awareness i don't know what it's called but more of an awareness i feel like we are i feel like we're shifting to a it More depends how you define age, like how long is an age. This is all subjective. So, well, well I no, feel from, like there's from history we follow these. We, this is agreed upon, like historical fact, right? The, okay. So, it, I mean, you you don't agree upon this, Mike? Don't you have a uh, bachelor's degree in history? Yes, but I. So the what was we had the industrial. Era. Yeah, all that's all. All that's fine, but what she's saying is like we're switching an age. That is unclear. Well, that what, we don't what are know. we in? Are we still in the industrial era? I don't think we really know. I don't think it's... I'm not going to say because I don't know. We call it the information age. We call it the post-industrial era. Yep. Because that's where we are. We're, history defines the past. It's hard for right. us to define our present. Historians don't do a very good job of that. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, we've so. had enough space between industrial modernization and where we are now, though. Yeah. The tech age. I mean... But I don't care about that because that doesn't... It's information. It's actually everything. Why is it well, everything? Because, again, one's ability, one's mental health, one, one's psychological health, one's physical health, these are intrinsically tied together. These are not two different things. So this is something in the age of information. We have to break free of these old paradigms. Right. The fact that the head is somehow disconnected from the rest of your body... Right. It makes no sense at all. Mm -hmm. okay? There's no like mental health and physical health. There's health. Right. Okay. That's a silly idea from an old paradigm. I could probably get a lot of comments on that, but I will, um, if you're not feeling well, that I use this model to help people get back to wellness. Sometimes it's the way that people think that affects the way 
that their body starts to form, okay? 100%. And sometimes their genetic expression changes the way that they think, okay? So it's all just one big feedback loop that's going on. So the psychology is the physiology and the physiology is the psychology, okay? They're interconnected. They're one and the same. You can't parse them out. Now, <clears throat> the same thing with information. So our ability to understand information actually comes from our ability to understand, well, even aging. So aging, the latest theory on this is that aging itself is the loss of information. Hmm. Information from what? From your DNA. Your DNA is information. So what if you can, how do you reverse aging? You make sure the information is still there and able to be read from the DNA. It's digital. That's how it's read. Now, how do you as an individual discern what information to believe and what information not to believe? Well, first of all, we have to move out of the emotionalism of all of it. We have to get out of whatever makes us feel this or that. We need to get back to, we're losing the age of reason. Okay. We might fall back in evolution is what it comes mm -hmm. down to. Yeah. So if we can reason and regulate our own emotions through things like meditation, through, um, you know, through exercise, through hypnosis is really helpful for this too. Um, getting down to those deeper layers of the self and pulling out some of those old programs that run our core ideas and core beliefs. So if we can do that and get ourselves out of the way, we can discern with a greater degree of accuracy, just like any other information. And we live longer, we live happier, we are naturally, we feel well, okay? So, I mean, it's, the whole idea is just being able to know that there's a lot of information, you have to discern it, we are in the information age. And I think we're going to move into I don't know. I just know it's the information age. Let's call it that right now. So it's the same thing. Again, I like the DNA example. You lose information <laughs> on the DNA and yeah. then what happens? You age. Right. And so that's that whole thing. Yeah. Janice says, I believe that Matt. Absolutely. 100%. And it's, well, well the lab out of, let me just back this up with some data really quick. So the lab, lab out of, uh, um, David Sinclair's lab out of, um, Harvard university or Harvard university, um, they have the anti-aging lab there. And what they started off was just trying to reduce aging in itself. Um, and then they realized, oh, wait, aging is just simply about um, the loss of information. So if we can put information back onto the DNA or take off the bad information, then it can be read and the cell goes back to its normal state. Don't reverse it to a stem cell, otherwise you're a big tumor. But what you can do is you simply um, change the methylation so that the DNA is normalized again, just like a CD. You have a CD, scratch the CD, and then you try to play it. What happens? Can't play it. Right. Right? You get all the skipping. What do you do? Okay, polish it off. Okay, you polish it off. Now all of a sudden, wow, all the music plays again. Or if it's a DVD, the movie's playing again. Same thing with reading DNA. Information. The information can be read. It works. 
So that's the whole thing about being aligned with your true self, being aligned with what your core values. So is that basically what it is? Yeah. Uh, So understanding your, yes. Yours. Yeah. Correct. And so that's where that's the whole thing. And that's where stress comes from because stress comes from the, the time where you're believing something that you don't internally believe. And so there's that combat back and forth. So then you don't have any true information. And so then you get stressed and then you get the cortisol and all that other kind of stuff that ends up happening. And that totally makes sense. 100%. Stress comes from anytime our internal experience does not match the external experience. Yep. That is the, that's stress and that's, that's it. So the more we're aligned, as -hmm. you were saying, man, the more we're aligned with our values, then Mm -hmm. the less stress we have and the greater the ability we have to discern. Right. And that's where the meditation comes in because then you can actually figure out what your core values are and not the values that you were taught growing up or in your social circle or in what social media is telling you what your core actual true values are. Yeah. 100%. Yep. Awesome. That's fantastic. I I love you, Matt. Thank you. So good. That's a perfect place to wrap up the show. A lesson, a valuable lesson that we could take away from today's show. Don't forget that your insides and your outsides need to sync up. Everything needs to sync up. If we could all sync up together, including the three of us. I mean, just getting three people to sync up is not always easy, but I think it's worth it in the end. That was the yeah. most difficult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they say don't have three kids. Oh, yeah. I remember when I was uh, when I was, I was younger and we have friends. If there was three of us, two would always be against one. It was so dumb. <laughs> so silly. But it happened. I was there. I was Sometimes I was the brunt of it, and sometimes I was doing it to other people. That's called immaturity, growth, maturity. These are the <laughs> things that we should be applying to our own lives as adults now. So hopefully... Hopefully you can do some of that yourselves. We know life isn't easy. Matt knows as much as any other human being, just like myself, just like Leanne, that life is, a, is can be challenging. But it's the experiences we have combined with the knowledge and data that's available to us. We can really make a difference in our own lives and the lives of each other. I, I strive to do better. I could always do better myself. I know that. But in the end, I want to thank Matt for coming on. As always, very enlightening as always, Matt. And I... I'm a, I'm a proud of you. I'm impressed. You know, you're you're aware of yourself. You're trying to, you know what you're doing, what you're trying to express to others. And you're trying to keep it a little more tight because that's just a way to get better, make things more palatable for people. So if, not that you drone on, but if you talk longer and longer, sometimes people just don't listen as much. I've done it myself. I'm doing it right now, probably. I'm talking <laughs> nonstop here. So I... What work? What is the best way? Matt is always about whatever's the best way forward, and that's why I always admire what Matt does, regardless of any well, whatever no, it is I'm, as a person. It's whatever's in service of the highest good. Yes. Fine. That's much better said. <laughs> that's, that's what I do. Yeah. That's what I mean to say. So, yeah. uh, so um, behavioral health labs, behavioralhealthlabs.com, behavioral, behavioral. You can see on the YouTube here on the live feed at Behavioral Health Labs, and of course, Matthew Govier. Is that still good, right? MatthewGovier.com? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Excellent. Very good. I know it says episode 48. This is outdated, so ignore this part. For those of you that are listening, you oh, can't Oh, shoot. This, that was so. my fault. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's okay. It's still got all the right information on it. That's what counts. We want people... Matt, if people are interested in getting further counseling, if they've never had 
mental health counseling, or sorry, just counseling at all, mm-hmm. what should they do? Yeah, uh, you can just visit the website, either one of those, um, click schedule a free consultation and uh, we'll answer any questions that you have um, regarding what type of um, therapy you're looking for, what you need help with, um, insurance information, um, what we accept, what we're working to accept and what's going on, pricing and if it's a good fit for you. So, Let me ask one thing before we go. What would you say to somebody who was afraid to share or was afraid to share with a stranger or someone they didn't know? And that was like the big hang up for them in terms of engaging in counseling. That's what do you mean? Like what they want? Someone, to? They, they, they want to, they're interested in it, but they're terrified. They're afraid to share with somebody who doesn't, they don't know. And that's like the big obstacle or hang up for them that, that prevents them from seeking out treatment. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a whole bunch of stuff. So it, it could be a number of things. There, there's no just quick answer for that. I mean, that, that could be, I mean, it could be an actual, um, you know, psychopathological thing, meaning that it's like something that has to do with the, um, networking of the brain and the way that they function, or it could be like an issue of like attachment that just has gone astray and you have an avoidant attachment, fear-based, um, reactions towards the world or not opening up to people could be, could be that they just don't feel comfortable talking to somebody because they've never had anyone hold the space to feel comfortable, which would be an attachment issue too. Or it could be, they Mm -hmm. just don't understand the premise of, um, you know, like counseling, or they don't even really know why they would want to go to counseling. If somebody's driven to go, then they'll go. If they're driven by external factors, they'll go if the punishment's great enough. Um, so it just maybe, I mean, it, it just depends. There, that's, there's so many variables there. All right, this is something I thought of. In the end, most Matthew's people, doing great Most work. people come to counseling. I mean, there's more people who are seeking out counseling and therapy than ever before. Um, because we're still at, it's probably higher now, actually. Uh, and it will be higher as the cases of COVID go back up and we go through more of these waves and all this stuff. So, um, and with long COVID or, um, yeah, we'll just call it long COVID for right now. So, uh, with long COVID, meaning you have symptoms that last past 12 weeks, and then they start off with depression, um, anxiety, stress response, uh, the whole system's dysregulated. Um, that's pushing a lot of people to want to go into therapy because they need help working through that. And because life gets very hard when you have chronic fatigue, you're depressed, and then you're having this chronic stress response to just normal everyday life um, occurrences like the doorbell ringing or getting the mail or whatever it may be. And this is very real and happening. Um, Two thirds of the United States um, is already um, in a like uh, meets diagnostic criteria for like anxiety or depression, which actually genetically are the exact same thing. So mm. it just expresses as anxiety for some people, depression for some people, and for oh. other people, it's both. That's oh. why the treatments are the same. Wow. And it's exciting now too. That's one of the kind of the benefit, not the benefits, but one of the silver linings of COVID is all of this telehealth and all of this kind of being able to do it from your home now. That's huge for somebody that doesn't want to 
like the barriers are kind of being minimized a little yeah, bit. You, if you want to advocate for something, advocate for that because they would, there's a lot of uh, look at local legislation. There's, mm -hmm. there's a huge movement to move things back away from <gasps> the way that they were. So um, okay. these are important issues to look at. Absolutely. So, um, that can be, that that's only temporary. That's only right now under um, any type of COVID national emergency. As soon as that's taken away, technically all telehealth communication or openness around it um, will be taken away too. And you know, it'll go back to how it normally was or how it was before COVID-19, unless the laws are changed permanently and they still haven't been. Okay. Well, that's a big, that's issue. A big issue. Yes. That's a huge issue. Right. Everybody should be advocating locally. Advocate, advocate, advocate. Reach out, yeah. contact, yeah. emails, contact phone calls, your local representative, and let them know that you want to get telehealth, uh, continuation of permanent telehealth laws on the uh, ballot, or have some legislation drawn up for that, because um, it's it's so beneficial to people. Yeah. But it's state by state in the U.S. anyway. State by state, it's by each license. Each person is licensed in an individual state. And then each state makes their own rules on that. There's a set of federal rules that are like guidelines. But since each state has their own rules, technically, unless these except when these exceptions are pulled back, you're allowed to work with interstate PACs. Or if you're dual licensed, which many people are not, because it's a whole process. So if we get, it's just laws. You sell everything. We just said okay. We're just going to take this law away right now and don't worry about that. Um, yeah. You can't evict people if they don't pay the rent. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, let's see. 401ks, 403bs, no penalties this time. Don't worry about it. Okay. You know, so we can just change laws anytime right. we want. We this can. would be a great law to change and make it permanent. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it doesn't happen without people making the effort to speak out or or not even speak out just communicate in a way that people are aware of your stance on this issue i think it's very very important if we lose this it'll be a big loss for everybody it really will so i want to thank matthew again for coming on the show always a pleasure to have you yeah, on thoughtful nice. critical thinking we cover it all on the show with you and it's always Always a takeaway. I hope everybody has a takeaway from today's show. Don't forget that the First Day Pod has the book club going on Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time. we got a new book starting up soon, don't we, Leanne? Yeah, we do. Uh, you Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. Um, it's what, Matt, have you yeah, read it? You're on, the, you're on the Hay House journey right now. <laughs> I didn't even realize that it's Gabby Bernstein was Hay House. I didn't get, I didn't, and we just finished that this, or we're going to be talking about it for the last time uh, tomorrow. And I read the acknowledgements at the back and I was like, oh, she's a Hay House person. I had no idea. So yeah. yes. So we're going to be doing that. Um, hmm. It sounds really interesting. It sounds like a good book. Um, yeah. Healed herself from MS. Yeah. For, was it MS? I thought it was cancer. Is it MS? Oh, I thought it was MS. Either it might way, have been. I don't know her story. Either way, is it's huge. Um, and so basically what it oh, is. Call that a one-off or an outlier. Right. Yes, definitely an outlier. Maybe we should read Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> if that happened to everybody, then, you know, uh, right. it wouldn't be a problem. Um, right. No. It's important to take it in context. Yes. Right. And that's. Here's a suggestion for you for next time. 
The Fall of the Human Intellect by... There you go. Um, it's uh, just Google it. Just Google it. Yeah. That's all you got to do. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah, that's... Um, it's really it's, short. it's like 100 pages. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's by mm -hmm. Avula Parthasarathi. Yes. Hmm. Great. Um, so, yeah, so we're doing that book. Uh, it's pretty, the way that we pick the books is the current group that we're doing the book club with. Everybody puts their kind of suggestions in a hat and then we randomly generate a number. Whatever comes up, comes up. Um, so that's what we're going to be doing for this one. It seems pretty interesting. It's how she kind of takes her clients through therapy. So it's getting kind of into the figure out what your beliefs are and figure out what your values are and all that kind of stuff. So it should be interesting. Um, but yeah, that is actually a really good point, Matt, is, uh, you know, none of this is a kind of a fix for everyone or anything that should be taken as medical advice. It is simply entertainment, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Hey! No entertainment. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Well, thank you. I, yeah, thank this you. has been a good episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. Don't forget, firstdaypod at protonmail.com. Firstdaypod. You can email us, message us uh, if you want to reach us in any way. We try to be available. We've had random people contact us and say things or they needed help or they just had questions. And I thought, you know, that's why this show is worthwhile. We do what we do because we care. We're not cheesy. We're not cheesy people. We're just genuine, regular folk who are trying to make a difference, hopefully. Yeah. including in our own lives as well so. honestly um yeah thank uh, mike so i just want to second that and if if anyone does um need help with anything or they're struggling with anything please um go to the website behavioralhealthlabs.com or matthewgovia.com and just if you need if you don't if not if you're not sure how much you can afford or anything like that um simply select the free consultation so you can talk to myself or another therapist there and we will make the time for you because, um, I mean, things are just very difficult right now. So, I mean, thank you for that. In all seriousness, that's, that service is there and we're here to help. If you're a therapist also um, who just received a license, um, we will, we're able to do supervision now if you're in your limited license and you need supervision for that, just to put that out there. So we can provide supervision for um, those who are just entering the field and um, help you out as far as um, supervision, um, understanding dynamics of cases and uh, different types of methodology towards um, well, healing and hope. So. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Fantastic. All right. Yes. Thank you, everybody. This has Thank been the First Day Pod. Matthew Govier, MatthewGovier.com, BehavioralHealthLabs.com. We will see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Bye.